Hello, and welcome to the Thrive Yoga and Wellness Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so excited to share today's episode. We will be diving into a little bit more of the philosophy, maybe even a bit of history, and tiptoeing perhaps into some mythology surrounding a yoga practice here in the West. Now, we are not experts by any shape of the imagination. We are yoga enthusiasts sharing the information that we have learned along our journey, and we hope that you find it entertaining and maybe even a little educational. Thank you so much for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Hi everybody, Jennifer Dixon here for Thrive Yoga and Wellness and joining me today is Merritt Malouf Plum with the Energy Center and Thrive Yoga and Wellness. And we are in week seven. Seven, we've almost learned about all the chakras. In our last 90 days, so it's a 13 week program to try to get us pumped up and excited about the end of the year, how we can finish this year better than how we started it. And we have journeyed our way up the chakras, and today we're talking about the crown chakra, otherwise known as Sahara. Sahasara. Oh my God. Sahasara. Sahasara. Okay. There we go. The thousand petaled lotus. There we go. I'm going to leave it at that. And I, I put this out here. Our beautiful Elizabeth Ogle gave me this, and it reminded me of the thousand petaled lotus. Oh, that is beautiful. Because the lotus, you know, has different rungs, and they just continue opening and opening and opening. The there was a, a botanical gardens that we used to go to when we lived up north, and they had a big lotus. It was. I think six or nine different ponds with lotuses mm. and going during the spring or during the different times when the lotuses would bloom it was seriously the most beautiful thing because you have the white lotuses and the mm. or lotus eye lotuses you'd have is it lotuses oh. or lotus i would say lotuses but oh. i may be wrong <laughs> so you'd have all of these thousand petaled flowers growing and the water would look kind of murky but maybe it was because it wasn't in a natural environment because i've heard that lotuses grow in muddy water. Yeah, and that's what's so beautiful about them is they that come they come up out of the mud. They're the beauty that comes out of the mucky existence into this beautiful flower, and that's the, the nature of the spirit. But isn't that kind of a, this might be a slippery slope, but their very presence cleans it, cleans the water. Mm-hmm. You know, it's their, their roots that all of that, Everything that the lotus is sustained by is the stuff that causes the water to be yucky. And then that makes them beautiful. That's a deep thought. Yes, it's very deep and it's very representative of the crown chakra and why the thousand blossomed lotus is the the representative of that because we grow spiritually out of the muck, out of the muddy waters into that beautiful clarity and then everything else just falls into place oh that's awesome so this is number seven we talked about the third eye last week yes it's right at the crown if you put your thumbs at the top of your ears and your hands just above that is your crown chakra i think your crown chakra is bigger than mine Mm, i don't think so (laughs) it may be more developed no (laughs) 
I would totally agree. Because with that. I've had a lot of mud that has helped me to strengthen this. And also, I mean, it is right at the crown of the head, but if you see spiritual pictures of Christ and deities and angels, they have that crown. Mm -hmm. And that is, to me, always indicative of the aura. Oh, that's interesting because that is in like the Indian uh, mythology images. You often see similar to like the Mother uh, Mother Mary, this golden ring right. around and them. we have it in the Catholic churches too. All of the saints and angels have kind of a halo oh, around their head. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. So, so it's like kind of there. Mystical no. ancient art, you see that a lot. That's awesome. So what's the color for the crown chakra? It's, it's a violet, a purple, um, a high vibration, silvery violet into a white light. Nice. Yeah. So almost like all of the colors can create white mm -hmm. or black. That's another deep thought, oh, like a prism. Yeah. That's what the crown chakra is. It's that brilliant making it towards white and enlightenment yes. mm -hmm. to open up the connection with your divine. That is a very powerful way to look at it. Oh, yeah. I didn't even mean for that to come open. That's and like, here we go. We've opened the crown chakra <laughs> now. Chakra We've opened every thing. chakra over the last seven weeks. I feel it. I love it. So before we get into some of these other aspects of the chakras, what are some foods for the, the crown chakra? So think, think the same color. Think purple. Purple cabbage, eggplant, um, things that are purple. <laughs> Blackberries and blueberries. Blueberries. Like, okay. Yeah, anything that's that. But I also read that cacao was, and I can't remember why it was a food for the. Because the chocolate's chocolate. basically no, awesome. That's right, because chocolate's so spiritual. <laughs> that's right. And it doesn't have some of the same things as processed chocolate. So, and dark chocolate also is mm -hmm. very, it's very good for you. Mm -hmm. I have it on good authority. Uh, I, oncologist that I worked with doing mind body work years ago said that cancer would cure cancer was cured by chocolate. Oh, dark really? chocolate, yeah. Dark chocolate? I'm gonna mm -hmm. subscribe to that. Well I mean it has a lot of anabolic um what am I trying to say? Inflammatory, viral yeah. All this well and for me personally when I'm in a really foul mood if I have some chocolate serotonin. Oh, that's why that's why it helps to it helps to improve your serotonin levels, yeah. which deplete over time with sicknesses, lack of sleep, and all sorts of things. Lack right? of uh, your crown chakra being open. Ooh. So again, you know, when we when we do these studies, when we're doing meditation, when we're doing yoga, keeping our bodies and our chakras aligned, it promotes wellness. So, what are some signs that your crown chakra might be a little blocked off? That you're uh, very close-minded. Um, people with dementia, narrow-minded people. Like unable to see other people's perspectives sort of yes, thing. Yes, yes. I was reading an article yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, and it was talking about how when this person went into yoga for the first time, the teacher, oh, it was the one that Janet shared with us about oh, mindfulness. Yeah. Our One of our favorite clients, Janet, sent a, a, Janet. I did an article about the benefits of meditation, and that's why you have a brain of a 25-year-old. That article was talking about how yoga helps you, and, and then she even backed it up with some science, how it taps in with your ability to see other people's perspectives. Right, yes. Yes, other things associated with the crown chakra being out of balance could be like you're over 
you're overthinking material stuff, like you meditate all day, but your laundry doesn't get done. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm my too spiritual to do laundry. <laughs> you know, and, really, and then when I read that today, I was like, dang it, I can't use that excuse anymore. <laughs> but I did for a lot of years, and you've helped me a lot with this. I was overly spiritual, and I wasn't. I've moved out of like being as aware of my physical body and that's one thing that's yet that yoga has really helped me to do because you want to be healthy in all ways and you know if you're overly spiritual but you're not paying attention to your physical and the material things then you're out of all the chakras need to be in alignment and balance. Oh, that means yoga is balance. Yoga is the union between mm -hmm. that hard and soft, the push and the pull. So right. it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like I tend to focus too much on that physical stuff, and that's why our relationship's been really good because it's drawing me out of just we this balance. physical. It is good. There's some more yoga. When I was young, I was all about the physical. Though I would work out. I mean, I was all into bodybuilding. Not to a really extreme extent, but I worked out every single day. My day revolved around exercise. And then I felt like I went way over to the other extreme. And now I'm trying to kind of find that perfect balance. And that changes with time and sure. the seasons in life too. You know, like for, we have clients that have really young babies. Mm -hmm. Like when my son was brand new, well, there's the six weeks that plane you're not supposed to right. do anything. And then, you know, like after six weeks when the doctor's like, good pat on the back you're good to go um no my kid's still not sleeping i'm not sleeping i can't eat right the kid you know so you still have to honor what your physical body's doing right. with that practice and and then supplement it as you can yeah yeah we had a client in the studio yesterday that told me that and she's someone who comes very regularly but she told me that she didn't come to my class last week because she just felt like she needed to rest and I said, Beautiful. well, then you need to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. But she had guilt about it. Like she was apologizing Aww. to me for not coming. And I said, don't ever apologize for listening to your body. Mm -hmm. yep. Just make sure that when your body gets its rest, that you re, you know, reactivate yeah, it. You get connected. Because it's that's, easy to get lazy. And, mm -hmm. That's part of that intuition yes. and listening to all that. So let's dive down a little bit more into the crown chakra. Okay. What are what what is it that we're meditating on when we're trying to focus on this area? Well, I like to meditate on the either the lotus blossom or whatever my divine connection, whatever your divine connection is, it be it through prayer or meditation, what inspires you? You know, the 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 Greek word for root for inspire is in spirit. So anything that brings you that inspiration, makes you feel connected to your divine source, is gonna open that crown chakra and strengthen your the universal energies that you work with, the prayer, the meditation that you do. It's all, this is the opening of that connection. Interesting. So what are some yoga poses that we could do? I, I saw one, it was like downward, downward facing dog. Downward facing dog. This should be really be your area. <laughs> so one that I saw was like Thunderbolt or oh, Thunderbolt. Um, oh gosh, um, Vajrasana and Fierce Pose. And Asana. honestly, uh, it's one of my least favorite poses. I always look, joke about how it's um, 
I used to run, so my knees don't like it. And it's basically where you're sitting, um, like in, I don't know if you guys saw the Karate Kid, the old school ones, when yeah. I think it's number two, when he goes to Japan for the tea party and they sit down on their knees like that. My knees would be screaming, like I couldn't do that. And that's why I don't love that pose. Yeah. But apparently I needed, and then rabbit pose, where you're kind well, of in you would pose. pray when you did it? Oh, trust me, Get there's prayer. Med <laughs> Please let this pose in quickly. <laughs> I need to keep my lotus up when I'm in this <laughs> So yeah, the, so when we're trying to get more blood there, that's what that downward dog and rabbit pose is for that for that po the the head below more blood rushing down there, kind right. of like similar to the third eye. Right. Well, in any of the Kundalini practices too, you know the. We have the kundalini, the root energy down to the earth. We have the crown up to the sky. The kundalini is that that serpent un, undulating and coming up the spine, pushing the energy up to our crown. And that's what allows the energy to come around uh, out into the universe through prayer or whatever you're putting out there that you want to manifest, but also around us so that there's a circular energy going into the chakras and the meridians and the nadis and the the i sometimes the the image of the serpent can be sort of scary i feel like but one of the a similar image that that could that to me i identify with a little bit more in yoga prana is your life force right. that's that's that upward flow of the energy that prana and the downward flow is upana and the downward flow, usually, you know, if you're standing up, you want it to stop at the waist to go down. Yes. And then you want the apana to lift you, or no, the prana rather, to lift you up. And the prana comes in through the crown chakra. Well, the, well what we want actually is for the, pra, for the prana to come up from the root, root and pull you up, up. through mm -hmm. the crown yep. first. And yep. then it goes up and spirals. And around. But then you said it's like a circle, right? So well, it's like... It's spiraling. Building everything you is, up. Yes, everything yeah. is spiraling. And it's helping to open those channels up and to open you up some more and to create the ability for the energy to flow. Right, and aligned. Mm -hmm. And aligned. And that's part of the chakras too, which is along your spine. It's like the physical practice helping to get the spine in a better alignment yeah. from the root to the top. Right. Well, I mean, I just use a serpent because that helps me visualize yeah. it. But you can use any kind of... Any you know, uncoiling energy that comes up and pushes mm -hmm. and comes around. Well, there's there's the serpent in the medical. Um, yeah, the, the, the Raphael's caduceus. Yes. And it is also used by, by mystics to imagine that same Kundalini type energy because the silver and gold snakes come up from the root mm -hmm. and they intertwine up the spine and come out the third eye. Oh, beautiful. So for Native American earth medicine, the kind of things I do, snake isn't a scary symbol. It's a symbol of transformation and wisdom. So a lot of that is how you look at, um, how you look, like in the Bible, the serpent was a evil messenger. So it just depends on how you view serpents spiritually, I think, but you don't have to use a serpent. Yeah, and then, and even in Indian mythology, Shiva is seen with snakes or yes. And um, I'm actually reading the uh, an old epic, Mahabharata, and it's talking about before they went to the big battle scene, which is what the Bhagavad Gita came from. It's when Krishna is talking to Arjuna, the warrior, 
they they come up with their plans of like acceptable combat and they used serpents as messengers and the oh, so thought about the, the, right. the warriors were not allowed to kill the messenger serpents in this ancient tale which is interesting it's just different cultures you know yes. and so the they the symbolism is just different based on right. the the anthropological origin perhaps. yes 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 not to say right it's bad so, I didn't mean for you to think I was thinking of that. Oh, no, no, no. That's an interesting point for sure. And so, going back to yoga poses. Sorry. Any of the mudras, any of any of those positions that settle you and help you focus? Um, it's interesting that you say mudras because each of these mudras mean something mm -hmm. when you touch. And like in Kundalini Sata Nama... Um, I believe it was in my Missy led some Kundalini training last fall and she was talking about how having clients, having patients with Alzheimer's focusing on the mudra yes. and how you mentioned crown chakra and dementia, Alzheimer's, there's some, some physical blockaging. I mean, we know that from a Western perspective, that's the plaque there that's in forcing the brain to be basically incapable of doing what it's supposed to. And here it is mudras helping to clear out the chakras. Well, That's if, crazy. If, if the crown chakra is out of balance, everything is out of balance because it's important for this to be open for everything else to align. And like I said, for the energy to come around and perform that and, protection. Yes. So if you're, if your crown chakra is out of balance or before it gets fully developed, which I believe, you know, I know we've talked about the age in a lot of these, but I had never, heard the ages until recently about the development and i think it was based on maslow's hierarchy of need was it that oh, or was i don't it? remember that yeah so i had never seen that put together but that's a very western theory mm -hmm. and i just lost my train of thought about that well we were talking about the ages of development yeah and i think that when we're born actually we're perfect yes in our I crown chakra because we have you know, we're complete, perfect instruments of God before, you know, like we said last week, our parents get a hold of us and start Screw teaching us, us things. <laughs> um, when they're only teaching us what we know, but it, it leads us down this journey of separation mm -hmm. where we feel separate from that which created us. And we never, ever are. Yeah. So to me, getting that crown strong again is, is mm -hmm. that whole journey of unlearning some of that and feeling that deep mystical connection with whatever your div divine connection is that's beautiful and, and if you think about it from that sense of we're born perfect and you look at kids like what we were talking about kids just kind of sometimes they know things mm -hmm. like i i took my daughter um trick-or-treating at a retirement facility a couple years ago and adalia is she's kind of a gregarious outgoing child anyways but she's not like if she doesn't know you she's not gonna like run up and hug you you know and she just hugged this little old man at the retirement center he started crying I started crying I'm turning around so I don't cause a scene because she didn't you know that's but that's like this I feel like it was a divine connection but humans need to touch and then especially as we age and all that kind of stuff there's not as much of that and she was connected enough to to that power 
and she gave the gentleman a hug and I and I truly believe kids just know these things too. and it's and it's my job as their parent to keep them open to those and channels keep, and also keep them safe you know? exactly and that's what's hard that's that's finding that balance exactly and I think that's where our crown chakra begins to close is through that that fear that we can't be that connected with every single person because we can get hurt but then also returning to that place where we are is the crown chakra is all about that oneness that we all are and the more separate we are from that the more closed our crown chakra may be so i could be wrong i'm trying to remember because i from that lotus the lotus ponds I thought at night they close. I think you're right. And then during the day they open. Mm -hmm. So couldn't that be an argument for this opening and closing almost? Like we need to be able to have it opened, but still as a means to keep that protection. Oh yes, absolutely. To, to open it and close it and be open to opening it, maybe. But it doesn't necessarily mean you just have to have it well, my theory on that is, and I've worked with people a lot. I think you have the big chakras on the bottom of your feet too, don't don't you? Have mm -hmm. I ever mentioned that? So the, so we have these huge chakras at the bottom of our feet, and people who have native blood, I notice them that they're even bigger. And and what happens is that as we stop being tribal people and walking on the earth for our sustenance, we we would draw the energy of the earth up through our feet chakras. Mm -hmm. And I know this isn't crown chakra, but I'm going somewhere. <laughs> and we've forgotten how to like manage these things on our feet. So we, we go through this series of retraining our feet chakras so that when we're like in Walmart or somewhere with that we don't want to take energy on, we close them like eyes. Huh. And then when you're out on the earth or you're in sacred space, you open them like an eye and you draw the safe energy in and you re you can literally retrain them just like the lotus flower does that naturally nobody has to tell it to close up it's yeah. dark it does that naturally so when we work with our chakras and we train them to you know like we said last week they're like muscles the more you use them mm -hmm. the stronger they get then they actually open and close the way they need to to keep your energy safe. Oh, I love that. And all you have to do is be in alignment for that to happen. Like I said, we have had to retrain the feet because people are just pulling stuff up through those all the time and they're like, ah. Yeah. yeah. Well, Manju, Manju has talked about how if you look at a path, the, the, the power that comes from your body, because it enters that prana, leaves through your head, comes in through your head, and the upana pulls it down. Like if you look at trails where people in the old times when people were barefoot or where even now when, with our shoes, there's still power and energy leaving our feet. Oh, yes. And that's why nothing can grow there when people are walking on it all the time. I thought it was because they wore the path down. Well, I mean, his his thought, what, his explanation really cool. is that energy is leaving it. And so the, the path can't, the grass can't grow there. Whatever it was that's there can't grow there. And if you think about trails, we do wear it down. But from an energetic standpoint, who's to say that that's not that physical wearing down isn't at least in part from the energy that we push down to walk gently on the earth yeah mm -hmm. Ooh, kind of got some chills there <laughs> sorry so crown chakra seventh chakra it's right here at the top of our head right above your ears 
You make your own little halo. I love it. It's white, but it's, it's it ends up white, but it starts like in the root with that purpley yes, color, right? Yes, yes. Oh, I love how that beautiful purple colors. And it makes me think of like a prism, like the well, white. It is prism. And it, yeah, it all shines through. To come out that way. Really, all of our chakras are, I, I saw it explained that that's where it's where the divine, our divine essence enters. But I think that the divine essence enters all of our energy centers, all of our energy systems. But the crown's just the highest and closest to that. I love the idea of the divine is just in you. Oh, it's what you are. It's, it's what you it, what what you were created in the image of is what you are, mm -hmm. and the whole idea is just remembering that and knowing that, tapping into that and that that knowledge yeah. that be being still and knowing. Right. Be uh, be still. Stillness is very powerful for the crown chakra, and so is silence. So we've talked about different sounds. Sounds are very powerful. I was telling someone yesterday that hunt to hum, hum, because when we hum, it relaxes our whole central nervous system. Um, and you see a lot of the Om Mati Me Home on the, for the crown chakra, but the favorite is silence and stillness. And how often are we ever just silent and still? Not as often as I believe we need to be. Well, we have an opportunity for you to experience some silence. Some stillness. Now, I'm not very quiet during the meditations because I guide, but definitely some stillness. Tonight at 745 at Thrive Yoga and Wellness, I would love to have you join me or check out some of our online options. We have online classes and... Yeah, we, we uh, with our online classes, we have different tutorials, full link sequences to help you move your body, get things moving and what, doing what they're supposed to. So then at the very end, you can enjoy that stillness and that quietness that is the Shavasana, the, the corpse pose. And, and that's where that magic is. I don't know if you've taken a class where they say, please don't skip Shavasana. This is where the magic happens. It's where your parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems come together again and balance it up and that's where it changes and so yeah we have options uh, we have a youtube channel which is where this will be streaming and then we also have thrive online and so yeah we would love to welcome you into the studio we're located in chattanooga tennessee and if you are not here with us chattanooga tennessee make sure you check us out online on youtube thrive yoga and wellness or thrive yoga and wellness.com forward slash thrive dash online my name is Jennifer Dixon with Thrive Yoga and Wellness. And I'm Merritt Malouf Plum with the Energy and Thrive Yoga and Wellness. And thank you so much for being with us yes, today. Thank we love you. sharing space with you. Namaste. Go in peace. Namaste. Namaste.